The scriptures tell us to seek first the kingdom of God. But what does that mean? And what is the context of that verse? The answer to that question may be a little bit surprising to you. Let's talk about that today on the THP Online Community Podcast. Hello and welcome to the THP Online Community Podcast. I'm Dallas from Media Pastor here at The Healing Place, and we're so glad you've hit the play button today. Whether you're listening to us on Google Podcasts, Apple Podcasts, or Spotify, thank you so much for inviting us to wherever you are at today. Today we're going to be taking a look at a familiar passage that has been preached probably a thousand and a half times in your lifetime. That is the passage that says to seek first the kingdom of God. What is the actual context of that message? What does it actually look like to seek the kingdom of God? And what is the benefit of that? As I said in my intro, the answer to that question may be a bit surprising to you. So lean in and really listen. Critically listen to what is being said here. But don't just do that. I want to encourage you guys to go back and read the passage yourself and dig deeper on your own. And beyond that, if you have any questions, if you have any prayer requests, do me a favor, reach out to us, mediahub at thpstreetport.com, or you can find us on any of our social media platforms, Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter, just look for THP Shreveport. All that being said, let's get into today's message. Hey there, everyone. Thank you for welcoming me to wherever you are today. Listen, this last week, we have been walking through an amazing promise. Galatians chapter 6, verse 9 Uh, Do not grow weary in doing good, for in due season you will reap a harvest if you do not lose heart. And I don't know about you, but I've been walking daily in that promise. Man, I've been meditating on that promise. Uh, I have been declaring that. I've uh, I've been praying that and trying to get that deep in my spirit because it can get weary even when you're doing good things if you don't lose heart, if you don't get your eyes in the wrong place. And so that leads us to today. We've got an amazing promise. We're going to take a deep dive. We're going to deal with a topic, okay? Everybody listen. We're going to deal with a topic that I believe is super important. We're going to deal with a subject that has been misused. It's been abused. It's been misunderstood. And because of that, sometimes people don't even talk about it. They don't even teach about it. They don't even, they don't even want to read about it because it seems to be so complicated. But guess what? Just like the rest of the gospel, just like the word of God, man, we're going to let the Holy Spirit enlighten us. And as that happens, guess what it's going to do? Simplifies everything and brings us in to focus. Now, I want to read another scripture before we get to our promised verse, and that's in Ephesians chapter 1, verse 17 through 19. And you'll understand why we're reading this first. Ephesians chapter 1, verse 17. Paul is writing to the Ephesians, and he's saying, listen, I'm, I've heard of your faith in Jesus. Man, I, I've, I never cease to give thanks for you, and I'm praying for you. And then here's what he says he's praying, verse 17 of Ephesians 1. That the God of our Lord Jesus Christ, the Father of glory, may give to you the spirit of wisdom and revelation in the knowledge of him. Wisdom and revelation. Come on, so you get that in your heart. Type that in right now. Make it two different ones. Wisdom, revelation. Come on, say it with me. Wisdom, revelation. 
So he's praying that God would give them wisdom and revelation in the knowledge of him, not just wisdom of something, but him. And then it says in verse 18, that the eyes of your understanding being enlightened, that you may know what is the hope of his calling, what are the riches of the glory of his inheritance in the saints, and what is the exceeding greatness of his power towards us who believe according to the working of his mighty power. Paul's like, listen, I'm praying for wisdom and understanding, revelation in the Lord. Who is the Lord and what is his character? What is his nature? Knowing how or what to do from God's perspective. That's what Paul's praying. That's what we've prayed for you actually today. As we were praying before we even brought this to you, we were praying, man, God, just wisdom. Give wisdom on how to do what they need to do and what to do and, and, and when to do it. God, give them understanding. Give them revelation of what you're trying to say and do in all of our lives. Understanding what it means to be a child of God, to be in Christ, a revelation of what it really means to be a new creature in Christ Jesus, new life. Because listen, if we don't have revelation, you know what we're left with? An opinion. If we don't have revelation, if we don't have wisdom, if we don't have understanding, all we're left with is an opinion. And I can promise you, the world doesn't need someone with an opinion. The world needs someone with a word from the Lord. And that's what Paul is saying. Listen, the world is full of opinions. Everybody's trying to say this, this, and this. But listen, I'm praying for you that you would have wisdom and revelation of what God is saying, what God is doing. Because the world doesn't need your opinion. The world needs a word from the Lord. And how do we get that? Not just reading, but understanding, having wisdom of how to use it and communicate it and having revelation of what it's actually saying to us. Which leads us to our promise this week. Matthew chapter 6 and verse 33. Now this is a familiar passage. Um, maybe you've heard it. Maybe you haven't heard it. Maybe you've heard pieces of it. Maybe you've heard it, but not known what the whole context was that was going on with it. So Matthew chapter 6 verse 33, and we'll walk through a couple of different aspects of it. And you guys know if I'm here with you, you know I'm going to do that. We're going to walk through it. We're not just going to grab a verse and just talk about that. We're going to take it in its full context. Matthew 6.33, but seek first. Come on, put that in the chat right now. All caps, first, F-I-R-S-T, first. But seek first. Now, this is Jesus to his disciples, Jesus has gathered them together and we're in the midst of what's called the Beatitudes. It's just like this amazing teaching after teaching after teaching and Jesus is just pouring out some unbelievable wisdom, revelation. He's trying to get them to understand not just how they live while he's there, but he's actually preparing them for when he leaves, which they don't even know, but he's depositing all this stuff in them. He says, but seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness and all these things shall be added to you. Now, what are all these things? Well, he's talked to them about a lot of things. He's talked to them about shelter. He's talked to them about food. He's talked to them about clothing. He's talked to them about just our daily needs. He's talked to them about their needs. And he says, listen, if you'll seek the kingdom first, and his righteousness, then all these other things, you're, you're so filled with anxiety with what's going on around you. You're so filled with fear and doubt about what's going on around you. Listen, 
seek first the kingdom and my righteousness and guess what? All these other things will be added unto you. It doesn't mean you don't have to work for something or you don't have to earn something. It doesn't mean that. He's just saying, listen, if your focus is in the right place, right, then you're going to do the right things. Seek first the kingdom of God. Because Jesus in the book of Matthew, here's what he's impressing upon them. He's impressing upon them the importance of first. Like what's first? Like, what is the most important thing first? Not down my list of things to do, but what is first? What, it, what is the first? What are the first things? Because listen, a truer statement was never spoken than this right here. If you want to defeat them, distract them. If you want to defeat them, distract them. We can see that in our society all around the globe right now. That, that forces that are at work are trying to distract people away from a focus, are trying to distract believers away from who? Jesus. If you, can def- if you want to defeat them, distract them. Listen, the, the enemy is masterful at distracting us from what's first, from what should be first. And the enemy realizes he has no chance with a kingdom first person deeply in love with Jesus. He has no chance. So here's the question. Here's the question. Are you guys ready? What is the kingdom of God? Because when we say this, seek first the kingdom of God, that's the first question that comes. Like, what is the kingdom of God? Like, what is Jesus saying? And then here are the questions that follow. Is it Is he talking about eternal kingdom, like that eternal kingdom that we read about, like in the book of Revelation? And and is that an eternal kingdom? Is it it here and now? Well, guess what the answer is? Both and. (laughs) Like it's both. The kingdom of God is to come, and the kingdom of God is now. Jesus even said when he came, the kingdom has come to you. He was saying that, that what's in me has come to you. And I'm going to be with you. The kingdom has come to you. How can that happen? Well, Jesus came from heaven to earth. Therefore, the kingdom came. The kingdom came to the earth in the form of this babe in a major, in the form of this Jesus Christ of Nazareth. And Jesus begins to tell his disciples. He begins to tell them about what God is saying, what God is doing. He begins to teach them the principles of the kingdom of God. And then we know that when Jesus leaves, he didn't leave us alone. He went to the right hand of the Father. And what happens? Someone else, something else comes. What happens? It's the Holy Spirit. It's the Spirit of God to live with us. No, in us. So now the kingdom comes and lives in us. And now the principles of the kingdom flow out of us. And then one day, we will be able to enter into an eternal kingdom. It's both and. The kingdom is to come and the kingdom is right now. The kingdom of God, here's the answer to what is the kingdom of God. The kingdom of God is where God's authority is acknowledged and obeyed, where Christ rules. He is Lord of all. See, God wants to release the kingdom on the earth, but yet he first wants to establish it in us. He wants to establish his kingdom in us, his righteousness in us, his holiness in us. 
Because seeking first means we allow God to shape our lives, our decisions, our daily lives. God shapes our heart. God shapes our mind. We are looking through the perspective of the Lord. That's what it means, is that when we put his kingdom first, then we are now getting away from our own perspective and we see from a different perspective. It's almost like we see from above rather than just right here. Because if we would take the time to really ask the Lord and pray and seek his face and get in his word, then guess what? When we see a person, we're not just seeing them in their circumstance. We begin to see above that. We begin to see a bigger picture than just what we think we see. And thereby, we don't take time. We don't take time to know them and really know where they're coming from. And guess what? Everyone's behavior is learned at some point. It comes from some place. It can come from learned behavior. It can come from experiences. It, it can be good. It can be bad. But it all comes from somewhere. And so many times we look at people and we try to judge who they are and we forget that everybody has a story and we don't take enough time to learn that story. We don't take that perspective, that kingdom perspective. When God looks at us, he doesn't just look at our worst day. He looks at the whole entire picture. God sees us for who we really are inside. You know, it's been said that, that we are really kind of three different people. We're who we think we are, or we're who other people think we are, or we are who we really are. And only God knows who we really are. But when we are in Christ, we get a viewpoint of who we are now from a kingdom perspective, his perspective. And that's how we can not allow condemnation to come on us or, or fear or anxiety, because now we know who we are from God's perspective. Romans 14, 17 says this, for the kingdom of God is not eating uh, and drinking, but righteousness, peace, joy in the Holy Spirit. Listen, the kingdom is seen outwardly, but it begins inwardly first. But once the kingdom is established in us through our identity in Jesus, then the fruit of that comes out and it is seen. That's how we can say things in faith and people don't understand what we're saying. They're like, how can you say that? That doesn't seem real. Or how can you believe for that person's healing? Or how can you believe for a miracle? Listen, we're not speaking from our opinion. We're not speaking from an earthly point of view. We're speaking from a kingdom point of view. What is God saying? What is God doing? Because seeking other things first is destructive. Now, here's the deal. Here's why context is super important. We see Matthew chapter 6, verse 33, but seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness and all these things will be added to you. Sounds awesome, sounds amazing. But what is being talked about here? Like, what is the context of this? Here's the context, worry. That's, what, that's what's being talked about here, worry. Because in this Jesus is telling them, do not worry about your life. Do not worry about what you're going to eat. Do not worry about what you're going to wear. Do not worry about where you're going to live. Don't worry about these things. Don't have anxiety over these things. Well, how can I not? Like, I've got to have clothes. I've got to have food. I've got to have all that. That's when he says, but seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness. All these things will be added unto you. Worry. That's the context of this word about the kingdom. Because the root for worry means to strangle or to choke out. It is a mental and emotional strangulation. It chokes out 
all other life-giving thoughts. Are you feeling like that today? Do you feel like, like just this stranglehold of worry and anxiety is just choking out, is just choking out not just the positive, but the kingdom thoughts? Listen, we can try to be positive people every day, and we can be like, man, I'm going to be good, 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 I'm going to be good. But there's coming a day where positive is just going to wear out if it's not rooted in the kingdom, if it's not rooted in your identity in Jesus. Because not every day is going to be great. Not every situation is going to be great. Not every day is going to be good. You're going to have some bad days, and on bad days, you don't need happiness. You need joy. Because joy is all about the kingdom. Happiness is just dependent on what circumstances you're going through. Happiness is not something you can just, you can just go to the, the storehouse and grab it and go, hey, I'm having a bad day, i got to be happy. You can't do that, but with joy you can because the joy of the Lord is our strength and it comes from the Lord. That's kingdom. Do you feel like you're being strangled or choked out by anxiety or fear or worry or doubt? That there's just this mental and emotional strangulation that's choking out all the other life-giving thoughts? We're not going to wait till the end. Man, if that's you, I want you to look at me right now. Don't even close your eyes. Just look at me right now. In the name of Jesus, in the name of Jesus, we pray, we bind this, this, this spirit of fear and anxiety in Jesus' name. We pray for just a release right now from an emotional strangulation that's trying to take place. And Lord, we just, we just put our eyes on you, Jesus. We're seeking your kingdom right now. We're seeking your kingdom first. We're seeking your righteousness first. Lord, you have thoughts towards us, and those thoughts are not to strangle or choke us out. Those thoughts are to give us a future and a hope. Lord, your thoughts for us are good, and they're not evil. Your plans for us are good and not evil. It doesn't matter what the enemy is saying. Lord, I'm listening to what you're saying. I'm reading what you're saying. I'm going to live what you say about me, and then I'm going to tell everyone else what you say about them. I pray freedom and liberty right now in Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. Listen, Matthew chapter 6, verse 25 says this. Therefore, I say to you, do not worry about your life, what you will eat or what you will drink, not about your body, what you will put on. Is not life more than food and the body more than clothing? Jesus is saying, listen, there's more going on than just these things. Again, the kingdom of God is not eating and drinking, but righteousness, peace, joy in the Holy Spirit. Because worry puts its trust in self or others. Worry always puts its trust in self or others because worry never trusts the promises of God. Worry doesn't trust the promises of God. It does not recognize Jesus as the author and the finisher of our faith. And here's a, here's a really deep thought. Worry has a vision for your life. Think about that for a second. Worry has a vision for your life, and that vision involves fear, doubt, confusion, and apathy toward the things of God. That's the vision that worry has for your life. But seeking first the kingdom means I'm hungering after God. It means I'm passionately pursuing the things of God. It means I'm being continually filled with the Holy Spirit. And Matthew chapter 5 says, Blessed are those who hunger and thirst for righteousness, for they shall be filled. 
We were created to be people of his presence. Like we were created to be people of his presence. Seeking the kingdom first means our appetite for spiritual things is insatiable. Like we can't get enough. You know, I, I, and even I've said this, and I know what I meant by it, but it was a terrible saying. Man, they're so heavenly minded, they're no earthly good, and I was telling you I was wrong. What I really meant was that people were trying to use all these super spiritual words to appear to be spiritual. But what I said wasn't that. I need to be heavenly minded. I need to have heavenly thoughts. I need to have heaven and kingdom purpose in my heart. Those things need to be in me all the time. Why? Because this world is the opposite of the kingdom. The flesh is the opposite of the spirit. That's why I need heavenly thoughts. I need kingdom feelings and thoughts and emotions to come out of me that I can share with the world. Jesus said in John 14, 12, he who believes in me, the works I do, greater works than these he will do because I go to the Father. And we look at that and we go, how in the world could we do greater works than Jesus? But we have to realize Jesus was talking about from that moment forward. Jesus was only here for about 33 plus years. That's it. 33 and a half years maybe. And we're talking about a lot of that being infant, childhood. He doesn't even get released for quote-unquote public ministry until he's 30. So he really only has three years plus to really go out and do miracles and healings and, and, and share the gospel, share the good news, share what the Father is saying and doing. And so Jesus was saying, greater in number. Like when I leave, the Spirit is going to come and fill you. And now, out of you, you're going to go places I was never able to go. You're going to be with people I was never able to be with. And for generation after generation after generation after generation, until I come, this kingdom is going to advance. This message is going to go forward. Greater things will you do. Greater in number will you do. And what Jesus prophesied then, we're living in right now. Like what we're doing right now, preaching the gospel and sending this out through Facebook, YouTube, all the different platforms, this is greater than these. Jesus was not able to do this when he was here on the earth, but we are. And it goes out beyond just the campus of the healing place. It goes all over the world. Jesus went to the Father and sent us the Holy Spirit to live in us. And Jesus taught his disciples the kingdom. And he provided the pattern in Matthew. When you read Matthew, now catch this. When you read Matthew, you'll see a phrase over and over and over again. Two words, when you. Two words, when you. You'll see it over and over and over again. Okay, what's the pattern, Jesus? What, what is the pattern? When you give, when you pray. When you fast, when you do it. Jesus wasn't saying when I do it. He says when you do it, then these things will happen. And guess what that's called? Normal Christianity. When you pray, when you fast, when you prophesy, when you declare the word of the Lord, when you read the word, when you go to the secret place, 
When you get silent before the Lord to hear what God is saying to you, when you reach out your hand to the poor, when you take care of the widows, when you take care of the orphans, when you go in my name and you do those things in my name, when you do it, come on, say that right now, when I do it, own it today. He's talking about us. When you do it, that's, that's normal Christianity. It's not abnormal. I've never understood how people thought it was abnormal to show up at like 9 o'clock in the morning on a Saturday at a church and pray. Why? That should be normal. Why is it now abnormal to prophesy to somebody that you work with? That should be normal Christianity. Why are we waiting to come to the harbors that we call churches to get filled with God's spirit? It should be normal that we're filled every single day wherever we are. And if we are not, it is not because God has an offer to fill us every day. It's because we have allowed so many other things to come in that we can't see the kingdom and we're not seeking first the kingdom. Normal Christian, it should be normal for us, being filled, being passionate. Listen, we're talking about the creative supernatural God of the universe. We're talking about resurrection power in us. How can that be boring or apathetic? How can that be boring or apathetic? Resurrection power in us. Because seeking first means dethroning anything else which has come first. Jesus said in Matthew 6, 24, no one can serve two masters, either he will hate the one and love the other, or he will be loyal to the one and despise the other. A woman once said to missionary E. Stanley Jones, Dr. Jones, you are obsessed with the kingdom of God. He replied, I wish that were true, because that would be a magnificent obsession. <laughs> hey, Dr. Jones, can you just calm down a little bit with this kingdom of God stuff? No. It's a magnificent obsession. Seeking first is about igniting your passion for God, rediscovering the resurrected Jesus. Sometimes we have no problem leaving Jesus on the cross. My sins are forgiven. But the problem we have is when he goes to the tomb and he resurrects. Because when he resurrects and he goes to heaven, he sends another one to live in us, to flow through us, so that the kingdom can be manifested on the earth right now. Now, principles of the kingdom, because that's resurrection power. The word seek in Matthew 6.33, we're kind of bringing this for a landing. The word seek in Matthew 6.33 means to be absorbed in the search for or the pursuit of a relentless pursuit. Here's my question for you. Is that you? I was talking to a young man a couple of weeks ago and sharing something about the Holy Spirit. He had just never heard about the Holy Spirit, been in church his whole life. And he called the Holy Spirit like a topic. He never knew the Holy Spirit as the Spirit of God. He said, we just kind of, just kind of went past it, which I, I don't understand how you can read this and not. I, I don't understand how you can... Read this book and get into it and just gloss over the Holy Spirit. <laughs> but that was the way. And I just gave him some encouragement and his words back to me were, I'm not sure that I have ever lived in the resurrection power. 
I have more thoughts of the flesh than I do of the Spirit. Now, this is a young man that's been in church his whole life, been to camp, been all over the place, knows the Bible, knows the history of early church fathers and all that, but yet not lived in the resurrection power. Philippians 4, 6, and 7 says this, Be anxious for nothing, but in everything, by prayer and supplication with thanksgiving, let your requests be made known to God. And the peace of God, which surpasses all understanding, will guard your hearts and minds through Christ Jesus. Listen, when we seek first the kingdom, then the desperate words of King Solomon become true for us. And he said this, Through the Lord's mercies we are not consumed, because His compassions fail not. They are new every morning. Great is thy faithfulness. So let me ask you, who or what has captivated your heart or your thoughts? And whatever you set your affections and desires on will become your reality. Is seeking God first your burning desire today? I mean, answer in the chat right now. If it's a no, just put it there. Listen, we don't want people to lie Just be like, no, it's not my burning desire. Pray for me. Or if you don't want us to pray for you, that's cool too. But wherever you are today, just own it and be honest with it. We want to pray with you. We want you to burn bright. We want you to come to the reality of the kingdom of God inside of you because that should be normal. And we can... We can make that our normal today, starting right now. Let's pray. Lord, seeking first your kingdom and your righteousness. Seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness and all these other things will be added unto you. Lord, forgive us for looking at everything else. Forgive us for being distracted. Forgive us, Lord God, for focusing on what the enemy wanted us to focus on and getting away from you. I thank you, Lord, that the enemy is afraid of me. He's afraid of who I can become. He's afraid of who we can be in Jesus. He is terrified of what would happen when people seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness. The enemy is terrified, frightened, that we would literally get this truth And we would start, it would be our normal starting today that we would seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness. Because then we would know all these other things they will be added unto us. Man, I'm going after God. I'm going after God. I'm going to work my job. I'm going to raise my family. I'm going to pray over my family. I'm going to pay my bills. I'm going to give to God. I'm going to do all those things. But first, on the very first, I'm going to seek the kingdom of God and His rights. I'm going after God with everything I've got. And then God will touch. He will bless all those other things. And, and seeking God first won't make me lazy. It will give me even more pursuit of the things of God and how to share it with this world. So, Lord, we thank you today. Thank you today for this word about the kingdom and first. May we seek you first in everything we do, like for real. To be passionate, to be burning bright, filled with the Holy Spirit. Not taking anything for granted, nor taking one moment for granted. Jesus, you told us not to worry, not to worry. Paul told them, be anxious for nothing. 
So today, Lord, we lay those things aside. We refuse the report of the enemy, which tries to distract us. And we focus our eyes on you, Jesus. We thank you for this opportunity for a refocus, maybe even a just a download today that just reformats our hard drive, our hearts and our minds. We thank you for this opportunity today in Jesus' name. Amen. Hey, if you prayed or if you need prayer, please let us know. Media Hub at thpshreveport.com. We want to pray with you. We want to hear testimonies. We want to celebrate with you what God is doing. So please, please, please let us know. Media Hub at thpshreveport.com. I love you. God bless you.